0: Greetings! Uh, welcome to Nugent News, and I just uh, realized that yes, I did get the week magazine, so we get another episode of the of uh, the Nugent News, as I call it these days. So uh, the lead editorial editor's letter is about uh, by William Falk, who's a good writer, uh, and he asks the rhetorical question: Do you have a right to privacy? He points out, though, that nowhere in the Constitution did the framers use the word privacy or expressly state any support for, quote, my body, my choice. And, of course, that is now a double entendre of sorts, uh, double meaning, shall we say, because the anti-vax community has sort of culturally appropriated it, but typically it had applied to... Uh, the whole uh, pro-life, pro-choice thing, which I've been advised by at least one listener to stay away from. But, you know, I'm just reading what's in the magazine here, folks. So uh, don't judge me. Uh, until the Griswold decision in 1965, uh, the states, and by that we mean like Illinois, could prohibit anyone, including married couples, from using contraception, which I didn't actually know. Um, I don't know that they would, but they could, and some may have. You know, because the state used to have an interest in, uh, number one, of course, things were founded in the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition of morality. Laws stem from mores and values, and those were religiously derived, Uh Until 1967's Loving Decision, states could imprison people for marrying someone of another race, which was probably more of a Southern thing. Uh, Until 2003's Lawrence, states could could arrest gay men or straight couples for sodomy. Not a lot of that happening, I don't think, uh, particularly with married couples. Griswold was the big turning point, Griswold being the one that uh, addressed contraception. This is the famous ruling in which Justice Douglas wrote that penumbras and emanations of protections actually spelled out in the Bill of Rights created an implicit zone of privacy upon which government could not intrude which became the foundation uh, of Roe v. Wade in 1973 with five Republican appointees. And this shows you how much the party has changed in the seven to two majority. So that was a clear majority. Um, But he points out, Falk does, that what the Supreme Court giveth, it can take away. Originalism, justices, and the majority. Now, Mac Douglas's penumbras, which... I have, too, uh, in their discussion of a Mississippi abortion law. Kavanaugh says Roe can be discarded, constitutionally speaking, and then each state can decide. Uh, so that devolves to the state. And there is a Tenth Amendment, if I'm not mistaken, that says that all rights not specifically reserved to the federal government uh, devolve to the state. So, you know, under originalism, the court could reverse Griswold and let states ban contraception. Some religious groups suggest the pill and IUDs are abortif abortificance. I've read this word, I've never said it. Abortificance. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, honestly. The Constitution is silent on interracial marriage and provides no assurance you can engage in sex acts of which your neighbors disapprove. Same-sex marriage is not in the Constitution either. So, if precedent has no weight, he argues, privacy rights become conditional on popular approval. Well, that's like democracy. And what you can and cannot do depends to an astonishing extent on what five out of nine Supreme Court justices think, believe and feel or more aptly decide, you know Um, that's the way the system works and you know, the other precedent uh, which was overturned a few decades ago was uh, the Dred Scott decision (laughs) so, you know it, it used to be constitutional to own slaves and uh, we overturned that decision in something called the Civil War. So where you stand on precedence depends on where you sit. And the one thing I've learned in the last year of writing about the legal profession is it's a absolute uh, anarchy comes to mind. You know, I mean, all these different courts can make different rulings. They can either observe precedent or not observe precedent. It is an art, not a science, to say the least. And these are the laws that we are governed by uh, under a democracy with a judicial review component. So I again think that, you know, this Roe v. Wade decision is going to be a very divisive issue, one way or the other. And I don't really think that we can go on with the current constitution. So you're either going to have to have a constitutional convention or you're going to have to split this baby into two, uh, one of which can have a constitution that's more like the one that was original and the other of which can make up whatever kind of constitution they want to constitute. You know, some countries change the constitution every five minutes. We don't. We have a very difficult way to do it. And I got in the thing about the Equal Rights Amendment, which... Has some, uh, could be used as a double edged sword in this whole Roe v. Wade thing. So, and other than that, I honestly think that train has kind of left the station. But, you know, the other solution, I think, to this is what I call the sensible center party. Um, If you could take the, the deep red and the deep blue and then have one party in the middle that's kind of red, white, and blue with all the moderates. I think that party would rule. And that might be the only way that I see politically to hold this crazy train together. Now, I may be a little alarmist. Those of you who listen know that I tend to uh, be an alarmist. But I I don't know that we're going to be able to make it through the 21st century as one nation. I really don't. Now, uh good week for coveting. After Pope Francis told reporters that sins of the flesh, such as extramarital sex, are not the most serious. Far worse are sins of pride. And I don't even really know what that is. You know, I'd have to go back and research that. And hatred. Uh, And hate drives a lot of violence. So I would have to agree with the Pope, practically speaking. But boy, I tell you, it's a lot different than it was when we were in grammar school. Uh, good, good week for remote workers. After a federal court in Germany ruled that a man who injured himself at home while walking from his bed to his desk was technically commuting and thus is entitled to workman's compensation. So I, I don't even commute though. I, I work out of my bed, so I don't think I could claim that. But who would I sue anyway? You know, myself. Um. Well, I not be able to get workers' comp. That's a thought. So. Um, But what I do, it's kind of hard It would require a brain injury Knock on wood, I hope I don't have one of those very soon Because I'm basically, you know, earned income guy these days It's a bad week for feeling guilty After Sharon Watley, 50, of Eros, Louisiana Now that must be a fun town, Eros Tried to turn herself in at the Monroe Police Department Apparently... Eros doesn't have its own police department, but could not cite any crime she had committed. Police found no outstanding warrants, but when Lotley repeatedly refused to leave, she successfully got herself arrested for trespassing at the police station. So, you know, there are people. There's an O. Henry story about a guy who used to try to get arrested every fall so he could spend the winter in jail. And he knew just what to do for a six-month sentence. So there's still people like that. But it's tough to get arrested in this town now. Um, Moscow has vetoed a United Nations Security Council resolution that would have defined climate change as a threat to peace. And I think Russia is insulted by that because Russia itself wants to be considered a threat to peace. And is. So what's this climate? That's for girly men, you know, is... Uh, Mr. Macho Putin was it so that's that Um, under talking points at least 12 major cities in the US have hit annual records for homicides in 2021 five of them topping marks that were set the year before Jim Kenny mayor of Philadelphia says it's just crazy and it needs to stop well guess who's in charge of stopping it Jim Guns are involved in the vast majority of the killings, and experts also pointed to a forty-five percent jump in police retirements in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and a twenty-four percent drop in arrests. So if you can't understand what's happening after you read that, you just don't want to understand because it doesn't fit your progressive narrative. It is so obvious, you know, the experts are the only one who can find a way not to look at the elephant in the room because they think it's a Republican, I guess. About 80% of Democrats have already chosen to vaccinate their children ages 12 to 17 compared to 25% of Republicans. The New Kaiser Family Foundation poll indicated only 5% of Republican parents and 24% of Democrats have brought their 5 to 11-year-olds. Uh, and this has been something you could have done since uh, October. So I actually kind of understand the reluctance of people to get the vaccine for kids because, you know, you got dosage issues, et cetera. I mean, if you research that, the younger you are, the less of a no-brainer it is. But I still think that they ought to do that. And, of course, some kid will have myocarditis or heart inflammation, whatever. And maybe some kid will die of the vaccine. But still, the odds are i think still on balance i would if I had a kid, I think I would get the kid vaccinated. A record six hundred and fifty people died trying to cross the u s Mexico border this year, according to the International Organization for migration u s Customs and Border Protection recorded five hundred and fifty seven border deaths during fiscal twenty twenty one Up from 254 in 2020, most were related to heat exposure and lack of water. Now, if Trump was in office, this would be on the front page of the New York Times and every other mainstream media, mainstream media. But Trump isn't president, so the only place you find that story, like CNN reported it, but they don't watch CNN, but hasn't been screamed across the horizons. Hispanics are in play for the GOP, and this is the trouble with being a progressive Democrat and thinking that all people of color are Democrats, and then saying that if they're not Democrats, then they're not really people of color. Democrats have a major problem with Hispanic voters, according to CNN, Clinton News Network, uh, Biden... Would get 44% of the Hispanic vote if he ran against Trump. Trump would get 43%, guys. This guy could be back, I'm telling you. And that's probably the end, because I can't imagine the Democrats accepting the results of that election. They'll stop that steal, you know, and then we're done. It's just one poll, but this and other data show nothing remotely close to the 40%. Point advantage Democrats enjoyed among Hispanics in 2018. Gee, now I wonder why that is. Um, well, here's the explanation. Uh, progressives, according to Matt Iglesias, who is a very progressive guy, progressives seem very uninterested in paying ac- attention to the actual views of Americans of Latin ancestry. And I know one of our listeners is married to a well, Delightful woman of uh, Latin ancestry. And she is a pretty conservative person, as far as I know. Uh, Many critics cite the progressive use of the gender-neutral Latinx, which only 3% of Latinos and Latinas actually use, but that's a symptom, not a cause. Uh, Hispanics have a relatively high level of confidence in the U.S. criminal justice system and don't share progressive views of cops as racist and abusive. Most Hispanics show little enthusiasm for Central American asylum seekers. Hispanics are climbing the economic ladder and perceive the U.S. as a land of opportunity. That is why they come here. So like other working class voters, they're turned off by identity politics and focused on kitchen table issues. Many Hispanics see Trump as a commanding provider who generated wealth and prosperity for himself and others, according to Jamel Bowie in the New York Times. So, um, Bush George Bush wanted to pivot to the Hispanic vote and, you know, this whole build the wall type movement and the Republican Party screwed the pooch on that. But now is the time to do it and now is the time to do it in Chicago because we have a 30, we have a third, a third, a third, right? Third black, third white, third Hispanic. And I think that Hispanic demographic is tired of all this nonsense in the city. And the next mayor, I think, and I hope, will be Hispanic. Because they've got cover on the the BIPOC, the uh, black indigenous uh, people of color acronym which encompasses them and they don't even get their own letter right I do because of my indigenous heritage you know. but just so you know this particular Native American is all for law and order you know even on the reservation which I don't think I'm eligible for but we'll look into that now, G.K. Chesterton, this is wit and Wisdom, the quote section, without education we are in a horrible and deadly danger of taking educated people seriously. And that's where these experts come from, like the one of my alma mater who says, well, there's more carjackings because there's not enough people on the street walking to rob, so we should just get more people walking so the robbers would have not have to get them out of their cars. I guess that's what – I didn't get my Ph.D. Now, Lloyd Walton, Carmel alum, has a Ph.D., which he bought from – I forget the name of the school. But, you know, I could have one if I wanted to pay, if I had the money to pay for him. But even without a Ph.D., I think I can call that for what it is, which is hogwash. Under Poll Watch, 36% of Americans are extremely or very worried that they or a family member will get COVID, which is up from 25% in October, and that's probably should be higher than that as soon as people catch on to what's going on. 71% of those who are vaccinated say they're at least somewhat worried about infection, which is where I'm at. While 55% who are unvaccinated say they have little or no worry, and that's why they're you know, foolishly unvaccinated. Even there, half of them are worried. So why don't they get vaccinated? I mean, uh, let's hope you can fix stupid because we've got a lot of work to do. Um, Text message attacks are multiplying. This is on the consumer protection front, I guess. It's under technology. They call it smishing. Uh, It's similar to phishing. But smishing is an attempt by bad actors to steal data or money through a text message sent directly to your phone number. And just if you're wondering where smishing comes from, uh, it's derived from phishing and then SMS, which is the acronym associated with text messaging. And I forget what SMS stands for. Just receiving the message won't cause any damage but if you click on the link or download an app you open the door to a rip off and it can look like it comes from a respected brand to the extent that there are such things these days so beware of texts, they're trying to get in every everywhere they're trying to carjack you and phonejack you and uh, fish and smish and the All right, author of the week, Mel Reynolds. No, Mel Brooks, I'm sorry. Mel Reynolds is my old congressperson. I think he's in jail. usually is for something or the other. Uh, Let's see what he says. He doesn't intend to battle the views of people who today argue that certain jokes and language in movies he made 40 years ago were, are hurtful He says when things stir up people to great emotion I stay out of that I don't ever take sides because everybody's right <laughs> But he'll never stop defending the importance of laughing Me neither If you laugh, you can get by There you go That's a keeper Um, Writing is a lot easier than getting up on stage And singing and dancing I'll tell you that Um He's 95 years old. Wow. And his buddy Carl Reiner passed away, but those two were like, you know, they did the 2,000-year-old man routine. <laughs> those of you, most of you are my age, so you'll remember that. Now, I learned a new word, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Hotel of the Week. The hythe, the hith H-Y-T-H-E. It's probably the hythe. Uh, and some people pronounce height height. And, you know, everybody's right, like Mel says. Hythe uh, is an old English word meaning haven or landing place, and there's a new place in Vale, which I will never go to. Either Vale or the hotel called the Hythe. But you may want to, if you ski particularly. I used to ski, but I don't anymore, haven't for years. Okay, business we take on our business tone. remember they used to have the ticker in the back, like the teletype do, 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 do. uh death benefits paid by u s life insurers rose by fifteen point four percent in twenty twenty to ninety point four billion. The biggest increase since the nineteen eighteen influenza epidemic sales of insurance policies grew by eight percent. Biggest increase in 25 years, so it's a good time to be an insurance salesman, but I'm not going to be one of those. You'll be glad to know. So that's one call you won't get from me. I tried that, actually. I went into a thing, which was some kind of an insurance, and they couldn't even get through the training. The training was so bad. It was like work from home type of thing and Skype or whatever. I couldn't. I dropped out, you know. And I've, I've thought about selling insurance, like State Farm or Allstate. They'll give you an agency, but I got talked out of that by my late friend Tom Kelly. I don't know. Maybe I should have done that, but I'm hoping to write, or maybe be a truck driver. I hear these truck drivers are making over a hundred grand. You know, if I could write while I drive, that would be. Anyway. Uh, homeowners in the U.S. on average gained... Oh, by the way, I million dollars of that $90.4 billion has my name on it because I have a million-dollar life insurance policy. So technically, I'm probably worth more dead than alive. And at my age, you know, I'm, I'm willing to die in battle up here. For Lincoln Park, though? Now, I am going to go down to South Shore this year, I think. Every year since, you know, time immemorial... Bunch of friends of mine go down to South Shore on uh, New Year's Day at noon just to kind of, you know, keep a toehold. <laughs> Assert their, you know, this is still our handball courts. We used to hang around at the handball courts. And I know one of my listeners lived in the area. I don't know if she ever hung around at the handball courts. If she did, I don't remember seeing her, but uh, it was kind of declassé, probably. Slumming, but... Uh, you know, uh, that was our place. And so we these guys have been going down there, and I always thought it was a stupid, feudal gesture, but I guess now that's all that's left for us. So I think maybe I'll drive down there. They just drive right through the park, you know? and Nobody cares. And I've been down there during the summer for, like, tournaments and stuff, but never this fu- stupid, futile gesture, like right out of Animal House, you know? And they take a picture, so... You'll see it on Facebook if you're on Facebook, if I make it back. you know. If I don't even, you'll see the picture. About 18.9 million bitcoins out of the maximum supply of 21 million are now on the open market. Of those, 20% are believed to have been lost or are otherwise considered irretrievable. Now, what's up with that? You know how that happens? You lose your password and you're dead. There's guys digging in garbage dumps because they left their password on the hard drive. I mean, come on. That's when I lost interest. So the the key with Bitcoin, one of the keys will be, I mean, as long as people believe in it, it's like the U.S. dollar. As long as people believe in a fiat currency, it it is what it is. It has value. Will people stop believing in Bitcoin at some point? I don't know. If... You know, the Chinese attack with an electromagnetic pulse, then all the, it's all fried, right? But, you know, who knows about the paper money then, too? Because most of the paper money is in paper. So, but when you get to that max, that's when I think the big uh, Rubicon is crossed. Because are they going to keep making some? Is it going to be a fork? They have these forks where they create, okay, this is the new Bitcoin. Are they going to bring that 20% back to life somehow? Like, you know, cancel it out and remine it? I don't know. Uh, We'll see what happens. But if they did try to retrieve that 20% and say, hey, look, if you haven't used it, you lose it. Because in effect, it's lost anyway. These people will never find their passwords. Or if there's a way to retrieve the password back and try to find the people who own it? I don't know. But it would instantly bring back, you know, another 20% of the money supply. It's like the Fed printing 20% money supply. So that is an interesting consideration on Bitcoin. And I remain sort of a bitcoin aphobic type. Bitcoin today is trading at $50,000. And I was starting to today actually just at random kind of trying to figure out how my income compares to like the first job I got out of college, for example. And like when I got out of college, I made $11,000 a year. I think it was that. And if you do the math on that, that's like $60,000 today, I think. I forget the exact numbers but I took all the salaries I could remember like up until I was about 33 or so like my first two jobs. The the peak of my first job was like 18 grand and then the peak of my second job was like 44 grand. So by the time I was 33 I was making $44,000, which sounds like not much today. But when you do the inflation, that was like eighty or ninety thousand dollars today, so it's interesting now. there was one point in my life where I was making you know pretty serious money uh, We won't go into that, but um, uh, you know, if I compare my income now to my income, then not that much different, you know, so. Not good that's not good, but it's interesting. I remember when I hired a guy in nineteen probably eighty seven, I had to pay him like thirty grand. And I had been hired, and this was a guy right out of college, who was a little too young for the job, as it turned out. Not that much, though. He stayed there as long as I did. And uh I had to pay him thirty grand. I was like, You're kidding me? because I remember when I got 10 grand but now I realize that you know from 1977 to 1987 I mean 50, 10 grand turned into 30 because of the ridiculous inflation back then and we're kind of back there now so now here's a guy uh under making money this is uh there's the $7.7 billion tech startup, which is crazy in and of itself. It's a digital mortgage lender called Better.com and uh, there was a hastily organized three-minute Zoom call and he laid off 9% of the staff. And he said, you know, this is the second time in my career I'm doing this. The first time I cried and the This time, I hope, uh, to be stronger. He announced they were all laid off. And uh, then he got a $750 million cash infusion a day later. And so now he's out. He got fired. Uh, He stepped down, I guess, is what what it ended up being. But, you know, how are you supposed to do it? I mean, he could have sent them all an email, you know? What does it matter? So, you know, that's how business is. Get over it. But everybody whined, and so nobody got their job back, but he lost his, I guess. I'm sure he'll be fine. But there's no good way to fire somebody. I got fired by a client the other day. At least they picked up the phone and called. But what's the difference? If they didn't on Zoom, I'd be just as fired. Okay, under best columns business, regarding inflation. This is unlike anything the U.S. has seen since after World War II when pent-up demand coincided with war-induced shortages, according to Greg Ip, IP, of the Wall Street Journal. And that is a very good description of what's going on here, I think. Which would actually be a positive because, um, you know, World War II was the beginning of the greatest expansion in the history of the United States. So if that's... You know, correlation isn't causation, but that's not the worst sign in the world. Now, according to Thomas Frank in CNBC.com, it's easy to overlook that President Biden is presiding over the strongest two-year performance on growth, jobs, and income in decades. Well, he's only been president for less than one year, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I misattributed that. That's what Robert Shapiro says in Washington Monthly. Everything else points to a Biden boom other than inflation, which is a big other than, in 2022. Well, let's hope so, you know. I always wish the President of the United States well, even if I don't like him or whatever, because that means the country's doing well, right? Now, supply chain... uh, in November, there were eighty container ships waiting to dock in LA and Long Beach. Um, there were reports that that had been cut in half, but those reports were not true. <laughs> There's actually more now, ninety six. So a what twenty percent increase? I would say, yeah. So that's not good. Um, now the the. The Christmas shopping season was great. There was just a guy on CNBC. And people, you know, people coped. The best thing you can do if you're the government is stop helping people because then they'll figure out how to help themselves. And, I mean, if you get, you know, blood on the streets or people starving to death, okay. But don't assume that people are helpless or they will become helpless. That's the whole point of conservatism, folks. If everybody took care of themselves... We wouldn't have to take care of anybody else, right? Unless there was some tragedy, right? Uh, Small businesses have paid record high freight rates just to secure a few containers aboard ships like this one. Uh, And they talk about a ship that's been floating for eight weeks with container laden, Uh, let's see, now they're racking up more costs as the ships wait and sit and wait. And I would watch for post-holiday sales, by the way, when all this stuff comes ashore, you know, like the invasion of Normandy supplies landing like in 1963 or something. They'll be no use and it'll be like Army war surplus. So watch for deals. Um uh, We can't just buy microchip supremacy, according to Shira Ovid of the New York Times. Only about 12% of chips are produced domestically. The rest are made in East Asia. So for those people who are like, hey, why should we do anything for Taiwan? Well, that's where the chips get made, right? Chip plants take years to start churning out their products. A crisis in Taiwan would leave the U.S. economy vulnerable to shortages. So that's why Taiwan matters. Some people don't think it does. Some very smart people who are friends of mine, but don't understand what they're talking about, unfortunately. So, that's it. We're done. Um, I got one keeper. Mel Brooks quote. Everybody's right. I saw that line in a movie one, time. And then I'm keeping my little uh, red, white, and blue uh, remodeled flag. So it's either the sensible center party or partition or civil war. That's my prediction here. I think the easiest thing to do would be the third party, frankly. So... Kind of messy to divide up the United States into two. What do you do with the nukes? You know what do you do with the Fed? Do you have a Dixie dollar or what? you know so anyway uh, that's it. We got two for two in a row here. Don't expect any more. <laughs> we did have not until next week. probably. I'm just doing these on weekends now unless the spirit moves. Because I don't get paid. Now, if I launch a subscription service, I'm sure that would snuff out all my listeners, but uh, maybe I'll charge a subscription fee, and then if somebody wants to pay for it, I'll keep doing it. And, nah, I don't know. But anyway, just an idea, but this is a year, 2022, where i going to have to value my time and try to get paid for some stuff so that I can support myself and my little family. I have one less mouth to feed with the passing of Mr. Louie. We we mourn him. I put his picture up on my wall of dead people and animals. I've got my old cat, sweetie, my dog, Louie, my grandfather, who I'm hoping will be an inspiration, and then my friend, Tom Kelly. So that's like the wall of the dead, the wailing wall, as it were who else? i thought another picture up there but then I've got one picture of people who are not dead which is the uh, Campbell Christmas party picture so that's always a I should probably move them to a different place they're the not dead yet so I guess we can put them in one category anyway, all things must pass including us but meanwhile, live long and prosper and that's the thing, you know um uh, You have to do both, or else it's not fun. So here's to a prosperous 2022 for me and all of you. Bye-bye.